to the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. My name is Glenn Gabriel, and I'm a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. The goal of this podcast is to give you, the youth curling coach and organizer, the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. Coaches aren't perfect. I know I've made my share of mistakes, but some of them stand out more than others. In this episode, I'll talk about two mistakes I made as a kids curling coach and the lessons I learned from each experience. Before I share my stories, a quick note. I've changed some of the names in order to respect the privacy of the individuals involved. Story 1. The Helmet Helmets are mandatory for all Little Rocks curlers in our program. Specifically, the rule is that all Little Rocks must wear their helmet at all times in the ice shed. No exceptions. Several years ago, at one of our regular Sunday practices, we had just finished practice, and we were gathered in the middle of the ice, giving out our Elm Awards and doing our final cheer. As the kids were running off the ice, and yes, I realized they shouldn't be running off the ice, I noticed one of my kids taking his helmet off before he got to the door. I called out his name. Joey! He stopped and turned around to look at me. I said, put on your helmet. Now, either he ignored me or didn't hear me because he continued to walk down the stairs toward the exit door. I raised my voice. Joey, put on your helmet. He stopped again to hear me, but he didn't put on his helmet. He just kept walking until he was almost at the door. Before he could open it, I yelled a third time. Joey, come here! He walked up the stairs to ice level, and he stood in front of me. I told him to put his helmet on. He protested. Why do I have to do it? Practice is over. I said, put it on. Why? Put it on. Why? As we were having our shouting match, I noticed he was getting more and more distressed almost to the point of tears. Reluctantly, he put it on, ran down the stairs, and rushed through the door, crying. I felt like a drill instructor in the Marines that had broken a new recruit. I knew I had to speak to his parents, so I found his dad upstairs in the lounge, and I explained what I did. Luckily, he was understanding and understood why I raised my voice. But I still had second thoughts about the whole situation. On one hand, Joey clearly broke a cardinal rule of our program. You have to wear a helmet in the ice shed at all times. But, on the other hand, Joey was just seven years old and new to my program. He may not have known the exact rule about keeping your helmet on. And I wondered, did I do a good job telling my kids about the rules in the first place? In hindsight, I think I should have given him a gentle warning at first instead of going ballistic. I would have pulled him aside, got on one knee to be at his eye level, and said something like, Joey, in case you didn't know, you always have to wear your helmet in the ice shed, even when you're walking to the door. You can take it off as soon as you enter the lobby, okay? Remember that for next time. Although I was never 100% sure, I couldn't help but wonder if Joey thought badly of me after that moment. I think I could have avoided some hard feelings between the two of us if I had just dialed it back a bit. As a coach, 
you need to enforce certain rules. And sometimes you have to raise your voice, especially if it's an immediate safety issue. But you should always try to use the method that results in the least stress and embarrassment for the kid. As John Wooden once said, a coach is someone who can give correction without causing resentment. Story 2. The Warm-Up Before we go on the ice, we gather in the downstairs lobby of our club, right outside the door that leads to the ice shed, and in that space, we do a short five-minute warm-up. To be honest, the kids are lukewarm to the idea of a warm-up. If it was up to them, they would run right onto the ice. But most of the time, they participate in the warm-up exercises. Several years ago, at a random Sunday practice, a perfect storm of circumstances came together at once. I wasn't feeling 100%. I was rushing to get all the practice stuff organized. The kids weren't listening. Some of them were still using the shoe cleaner after I told them to stop. Some of them were goofing off, and others were on the couch, ignoring the warm-up altogether. I had enough. My frustration boiled over, and I yelled at the kids. To be honest, I can't remember the exact words, but I definitely used some inappropriate language. The kids were stunned. They had never seen me act that way before. After my rant ended, I cut the warm-up short, and I told them to just get on the ice. While I waited for all the kids to go into the ice shed, I noticed that Coach Stephanie had stayed behind with me. Once the lobby was empty, she told me straight up that what I said was inappropriate and that I couldn't react that way. You know when someone's so right that you have no comeback? I said, you're right. Coach Stephanie was a teacher, and I respected her opinion, especially when it came to working with kids. At the end of practice, we gathered in the middle of the ice for our Elm Awards and final cheer. I told the kids that I was wrong for chewing them out at warm-up. I had used inappropriate language, and I was sorry. I also said that if the coaches expected the kids to behave, that the coaches also had to behave too. I felt better after that. Sometimes people expect coaches to know everything and behave perfectly. But we're human. Mistakes are going to happen. The worst thing you can do is to make a mistake and just ignore it or sweep it under the rug. Don't fool yourself. The kids won't forget it, and they'll even call you out on it. So if you do make a mistake, acknowledge it and say you're sorry. Most people, even kids, can forgive you if you admit you're wrong. It demonstrates humility. And, just as importantly, it models the right behavior to the kids. So if a kid does make a mistake, they'll be more willing to own up to it. That's the culture we want to develop in our curling program. As a follow-up to this story, I emailed Coach Stephanie and asked her if she remembered that incident. Here is part of what she wrote back. Yes, I do remember that incident. I don't remember your exact words either, but yes, as I recall, it involved a swear word. But even more important in my opinion than any choice of words is losing one's cool when you are the in-charge person. In my own work, I teach lectures where the most serious thing that can happen is a paper cut. 
but I also teach labs where more serious things can happen. I never yell. I think it's important for my students to know that they can depend on me to stay cool no matter what. That way, they stay calm. They can think clearly while they're working. I really don't want students feeling nervous in the lab. I do remember staying back to talk about how you had spoken to the kids. I remember telling you that I understood your frustration because I dealt with it in my work, but it wasn't the right way to handle it. I didn't tell you to address the kids afterward, but you did, and that was definitely the right thing to do. So there you have it, two coaching mistakes I've made and the lessons I learned from each of them. The bad, and good news, is that I know I'll make more mistakes in the future. But the truth is, you can't learn without getting some things wrong. I just hope I don't repeat the same mistakes I made in the past. Okay, now it's time for this week's Coaching Coaching Tidbit. In this segment, I share a piece of coaching information that might help you in your coaching education. In a previous episode of this podcast, we talked about different ways to teach strategy to kids. One of those methods was a game format called triples. There is a great introduction to triples in a recent article posted on the Curling Canada website. It's called Triples Format Incoming and includes an interview with Rob Kreps, head coach at Curling Canada's National Curling Centre in Edmonton, and a key figure in the creation of this new game. A big benefit of triples is that it allows every player on the team to play every position in the span of a six-end game. I encourage you to try it with the kids in your program. We'll have a link to that Curling Canada article, which also includes a separate link to the rules, in the show notes to this episode. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music was Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.